Hello, and welcome to the CEO Blind Spot Show, where leaders reveal their blind spots and best practices. I'm your host, Birgit Camps, and today's guest is Warren Whitlock. Warren is the CEO of Sterling Corp, also has been acknowledged by Forbes as a top 10 social media power influencer. And Warren, you're also a best-selling author, and throughout the years, you've always been ahead of everybody else in technology to the point that even at one point you were at IBM in one of their futurist gatherings. So anyway, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Always good to have a conversation and help people learn from my many mistakes. I'm glad you're already willing to talk about that. Uh, Well, let's just first start, I guess, on what have been some of your best practices that have led to your success? Oh, that's easy to sum up in, in one bit of philosophy that I came up with early on from Zig Ziglar saying, You can get anything you want out of life if you help enough other people get what they want. And it's basically the golden rule. It's what I was taught as a kid in church. You give more than you get. If you want more out of life, you have to give more. It is the number one thing. There's four steps to follow in Think and Grow Rich. Read chapter one. It's very clear. That's all you need. All the rest of self-help and learning and stuff is uh, more or less entertainment because you got to stay motivated. I'm all for that kind of thing. But really, Think and Grow Rich will tell you, you set a goal and you decide what you're going to give to get that goal. Mm. And our focus on I've got to make more money or I've got to meet this goal that I need to do is backwards. What we should be doing is how can I serve people best? And the more you do, I learned to do that. And the salesman, my sales tripled in inside of a month by turning off pitching and just going to trying to help other people. Wow. Wise words. And through experience, you have proven that over and over, including I know you and I met back when, when you asked me to be part of the Billions Rising book. And I know you were providing value for everybody that you met, including me. So let me ask you then on the best practices. One other area, how much does having good digital best practices matter these days in your success? I find it odd that I still read articles for executives in my elderly age group talking about to make the move to digital business. And it's just like the definite, the first definition of what makes somebody a millennial is not the age. We use it quite often to talk about Gen Y, born 1980 to mid 1990s. And, but what it actually is the first rule is does a person think about digital first? And it, to me, it's just silly at this point not to be thinking that way. I started in 1981. I got online and did everything I could to use that kind of digital, use the technology. I was more because I was a hobbyist and geek and nerd and playing around with this stuff. I had a technology repair company for 17 years. So very much getting into the industry at that point. But after getting on the internet and it got past the fun of it, there was always a business reason to do it. But Frankly, I chose to do it because I enjoy doing it. Anything past the 2000s, you've got to be thinking if you're in business, you've got to have a website. You've got to know about how mobile phones have something to do it. If you're if you're a local dry cleaner, you've got to know that your customers all have smartphones. That's you know, it's it's changed everything. And we'll get into the details of that, but at any business has to be digital. Hmm. So that's the attitude of thinking digital first. Don't invest in a company that doesn't have a strategy to be more and more digital, more and more automation, AI, having the plan for the future. And uh, sure, plenty big old household name companies doing okay, but I, I just find it crazy to be thinking that somebody thinks a commodity business like oil 
is something for the future. No, we're trying to figure out how to not be dependent on what that resource in the ground is and turn that into what is the relationships and connection and how can we increase the speed of the transact? So digital has allowed us to greatly reduce the friction that we mm. have in every transaction. And the less friction, the more progress. So reducing friction is what it's all about. Wow. Well, I'm glad you explained what you meant there because several of my clients are in the oil and gas industry and they rely heavily on relationship business. And sometimes they don't even have a contract. They just shake a hand. So it sounds like you're saying it still applies to them. <laughs> it does apply to them in, in certain ways because if you're in oil and you're trading and you've got the same business you've been doing for 20, 30, 40, 50, hundreds of years, that's all subject to change. The world mm-hmm. changes faster than ever before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Peters in the 90s had a series that became part of PBS and Tom Peters is the In Search of Excellence guy. Mm-hmm. If you haven't studied Tom Peters out there, study Tom Peters. He's alive today. He tweets. And uh, <laughs> I tweet, I talk to him on Twitter, but he was always, always like a hero to me. And one of the best things he ever said was, He was at a convention and he told people that it was like when he started MIT engineering school. And they said, in four years from now, only a third of you will be left to go through the entire program. And he said, turn to the left, turn to the right. It's not one of those two guys. It's you. Mm. Maybe it was one third that was gone. I'm not sure. Let me, I I have to check on that stat, but a big portion of them are going away. And he was saying it to Ford dealers in the nineties who they lived because they had a franchise for a Ford dealership. Same with broadcasters and having an FCC license. That was like the license to print money. And you put your effort into getting one of those. And once you did, you built on that and could depend on it. Oil goes on how much how much crude is and what's the cost coming out of the ground and whether or not that's a profit and what the market's going to do, which you're subject to all those old factors. Now, today you say, how can I make things, where can I reduce the friction and make these things better? And that's why we've seen companies like Tesla just go crazy because everything they do, they're trying to cut out the friction. Mm. Uh, They build factories faster, which build the cars faster. And if you think Tesla's in the car business, you got to take another look at it. (laughs) Cars are just one of the outputs that being seen in the world. They're in the software business and software expands exponentially without any real cost. And so that's why they say software will eat the world. But Mm. Yeah. Today, that handshake contract could be a smart contract so that you can do business like a handshake with somebody around the world. There's still relationships you have to know. The relationships are more important than ever, but the technology is taking care of all the rest. And if you're relying on, when I sold things, I would have to find a phone number for a business call Try to get through. If that didn't work, you would just show up. And quite often, you know, I'd say that was the majority of the things. I'd just show up someplace and then wait my turn to talk to somebody and then get in my car and drive 20, 30 miles back to my office to try to do something for them. But when I learned to listen to what they needed and, and then prepare a pitch that met their needs, that they said, this is what I want, then my sales went way up, but I still had to get in the car, drive out there. I spent all my time trying to arrange the meetings to get to them. Today, I want to do something like that. I send somebody an email. They say they're interested. Okay, fine. And they could be in Pakistan and it works the same way as if they were somebody I could drive to. Still much better to meet people in person and still great for relationships. But look at the relationship between you and me. Where would we be if we didn't have digital technology connecting us. Just It's in everything now and so much faster 
And at the same time, real people have to be real. Yeah. So it's an and, not an or. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I like that. Well, Warren, you sound like you're 20 with how easily you work with technology and how you advise people. But I don't know. Well, I won't reveal your age, but you're, you could say you're a baby boomer. So I'm, it's, I'm what they call a senior citizen, but I think I'm middle aged. That's right. And you sound it too. So then thankfully, you have the experience of having led people throughout your career. So what blind spot have you discovered? at some point in time regarding leading people? Um, It's a cycle. I have hope when I talk to somebody, when I first greet them, when I'm building rapport, I'm hearing their stories. I'm telling stories. I do way too much of that. (laughs) But listening to people, I just get excited about their vision and what they want to do. And then when I engage, I get disappointed because they all don't do it. I have contractors, partners constantly looking at, I got to replace another partner. And that's a lot harder than trying to develop that person. But you find that people just don't want to move at the speed that they need to move to get get things done. And so I think the blind spot is, first of all, believing, and, and I'm not going to stop being an optimist, but then, but then as reality sets in, trying to say, oh, crap, I'll just take care of that. I'll do it myself. And mm-hmm. I've done that over and over again, where I had people that were doing something. I could do a better job. I took it over. I took over a full-time spot and I did it in 20 hours a week, but I already had full-time work to do. And so it's that, I guess it's kind of shrinking that goes on as you delegate and then take something back. And mm-hmm. you should always be looking. I read a book last year called Who, Not How. It was more to the not how, who. I don't remember the exact title now. But uh, the word who now is plastered on a sign right in front of me. And I can see right now and all the time. When I want to solve a problem, it's not how I'm going to solve it. Yeah, I've built a website before. I know how to do the stuff that engineers do. And code, I can't say I'm anywhere near a coder, but I know how code works from way back when. And I've learned that if I try to do, if I try to get involved in doing that stuff, I'll find myself up in the middle of the night having worked five or six hours and something, really enjoying the time that I'm doing it. But then at the end of the time, I'm going like, I could have paid somebody a hundred bucks to do what I just spent five hours doing. It's not worth my time. And so that I've learned that over and over again. I can preach it. I I hope I'm not making the mistake right now, though. It's like anything you want to get done, think of who can do it. And there's where we're back into the relationship. And we're not stuck with the Dunbar number anymore, which was the Dunbar number says you can only have 150 relationships. Some, some research by Dunbar. Mm-hmm. And we're way past that now. You can have in your circle of uh, influence or network, you can have that many and more. And mm-hmm. so concentrating on building those 100 and 150 tightest relationships, but then know that there's still a lot more because somebody in your network does know how to edit the podcast or you know, yes. fix the fix the software problem or unlock your car when you don't have keys. Oh, they, they call that a locksmith. You know, there's somebody <laughs> that's got an answer for everything. Okay. So it was, it was, uh, who can you delegate to? But I thought I heard you a little bit allude to also knowing, knowing how to select someone or, or did I not yeah. catch that correctly? Yeah. You, I could focus a lot more on getting the right people. So. You're correct. I didn't say it, but yes, you're correct. (laughs) Okay. Well, I certainly appreciate your willingness to have these type of conversations with me, and I know it's helping others as well. So as we start to wrap up the show, some would say we're still in crisis mode. Some some CEOs feel like they're in crisis because the digital technologies. What piece of advice do you have for leaders that may have never been through crisis or 
Well, anything else you'd like to share? Boy, I'd say that I'm going back to the idea of what I've learned from my mistakes is everything's got to be a team. A sole proprietor is not a sole proprietor. I do not have employees, but I have many contractors. And when I, and those relationships are, are important. Like having a staff, it's not about, it's not about how you pay people, but at any time, those, you've got to build those people. A leader's job is not to get the job done. It's to work with the other people who will get the job done. And so focus on that from day one and use every piece of digital technology you can. Don't go crazy. I mean, I, I actually have, I had to make a list of all the things I've bought and not tried on a little piece mm-hmm. of software. And I'm not a software reviewer, but I act like one acquiring this stuff and trying it out. Find what works and stick with it, but don't be afraid to say, hey, maybe there's a better way of doing this thing. Yeah. Well, I'm, of course, wondering, did COVID impact you at all? Because it sounds like you already knew how to work with contractors and go digital and all that. Yeah. So I went all, I went all remote digital back in 2005. And <laughs> so, yes, I was prepared that way. I actually moved into a house a week before the shutdowns began. And so mm. it's getting really weird. I haven't been out of the house in I think 13 days right now. And it's not like really on purpose. I can always go get in a car and go someplace. Restrictions are slight here in Vegas because they've decided they have to keep the strip open. So that means there's a lot of stuff open, but I don't need to. It all comes to me. And, Mm -hmm. but on the other hand, a big part of my income was in putting on live events. And so that company has uh, suffered quite a bit in the past year. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's reduced the income for me there, but uh, I had to shift and pivot and do things like that. And, and I was going to say, be ready to pivot. You should always be that kind of lean and mean and able to change things. And again, when you watch the companies that are growing like crazy, that are tech companies and the ones that act like tech companies are always ready to pivot and change something. And that's yeah. where some of these can't turn a battleship like you can a cruiser. Right. So the, but there are big companies. And in my work with IBM, I saw some of that. There are places where IBM employees can make a change and get something real fast. And there's other ways where they're still big IBM and they have a lot of blind spots in there. And we, we all do because it's so much easier to do what I did yesterday than to think of something new. Fortunately, I thrive on, on changing things and I have a lack of ability to form a habit. So, <laughs> so you're adaptable would be the other side oh, of it. So. Adap- yeah, adaptable <laughs> would be the nice way to put it. Cool. And, and I think we all have to be. You don't need to be like me. You're just somewhere in that direction. If you're yes. thinking about it, yeah, put adaptability in what you're doing. Yes. Warren, well, thank you for being on the show and sharing your blind spot and also your successes. And as long as I've known you, you've helped other leaders. So if they want to reach you, what's the best way to do that? Oh, great. I'm easy to find online, Warren Whitlock. But my website is warrenwhitlock.com. And I'd love to hear from anybody. Appreciate it. And thanks again for having me on the show. It was fun.